Well, we always strive to talk to people the places where games are going to be played. And, of course, I'm talking Knoxville this week. Mark Whiteman is up there, sports reporter and anchor up there at WATE Television. And uh, been covering, even though he's a Gator grad, he's been up there in uh, Vol country for a little while now. So, Mark, welcome in. Good to have you, man. Thanks for doing this. What's up, Steve? Great to hear from you. Appreciate you having me on. Sure. Um, You know, I'm going to take a different approach here, Mark, and asking you about Tennessee. And here's where I'm going. Florida, when Dan Mullen, uh, after the the Kentucky game, talked about, you know, when Florida was dominated on the line of scrimmage, toughness. We're not tough. We need to be tough. need to be more physical. What do you think Coach Pruitt has found with the team he inherited at Tennessee? Uh, that's a great question. Um, obviously, you know, and then Mullen's going through the same thing right now at Florida. When a new coach takes over a, a program, it's kind of trying to fit, a, you know, for lack of a better term, a uh, square peg into a round hole for those first few years. You know, those are the goofy years of a program rebuild where you kind of have mismatching parts that don't fit your scheme. What Tennessee was running last year under Bob Shoup was essentially a four-two-five, and uh, Pruitt came in and established a three-four. So the mismatching parts, you know, haven't probably been what he was looking for, uh, but he certainly made do with what he's had. And the physicality that Dan Mullen has talked about is is something Jeremy Pruitt has preached from day one. Um, that's the type of football team he's always going to want to have here: the hard nose, grind it out, dominate the line of scrimmage football team. Um, and I, I think what he's found here is that he's not there yet. You know, Butch Jones recruited a lot of four-star, five-star guys that might not necessarily have fit a scheme because they were more, you know, focused on getting the stars in there and winning the recruiting battles and not necessarily getting guys that fit their scheme. And, and Pruitt hasn't, you know, he doesn't have an abundance in, in the treasure chest, so to speak, so far. So he's making do with what he's had. Um, it's been a well-coached team defensively so far. Um, and that's kind of played out in the stats. But it's going to take him a few years to get those physical maulers up front that he's really looking for. Mark, what's, uh, in general, been the uh, fan response to Coach Pruitt so far? Oh, I mean, I I think it's overwhelmingly positive, right? Uh, Every time, you know, something goes wrong, you target the opposite. And Butch Jones was known for his catchphrases and, his cliches and his coach speak and Jeremy Pruitt is none of that. You know, he's, he's, you know, he's from Rainsville, Alabama. He grew up on the Tennessee river. He grew up watching the dominant Tennessee football teams coached by Johnny majors and Phil Fulmers. He's kind of got that Southern drawl to his accent. Um, he is, even though he's a longtime Alabama guy, he's, he's fit in right at home in Tennessee, whereas Butch Jones always kind of felt like an unperfect fit. He was northerner from Michigan, um, and there were people here in Knoxville that didn't like him from the time he got here and maybe didn't ever give him a fair shake just because he was an outsider. Uh, there's there's a thing here, if you're not from Tennessee, you don't get Tennessee. And even though that doesn't apply to Jeremy Pruitt, he gets it because he grew up around it and he grew up in it. Um, and, and I think everyone liked you know what they've heard from him so far there haven't been excuses there's you know there's there's no finger pointing it's it's all very accountable he's holding his team accountable he's holding himself accountable he's admitted to us in the media a few times what he could have done differently over his first few games and i think that's played really well with the fan base to your eyes in three games mark what kind of a football team does tennessee have 
Well, I, I think they probably have a, a six-win football team if they're lucky. Um, it's it's going to be a team that the margin of error isn't big. You know, they can't beat themselves, and they showcased against UTEP and only beating the Miners 24-0 last week, and that if they don't have everything go perfectly right, their margin for error shrinks dramatically. Uh, dra- uh, dramatically excuse me. And I think that's just a product of, of the of the lack of talent that he has right now to speak of. You know, uh, Jared Garantano has been efficient, been a game manager, completing over 70% of his passes. They haven't asked him to do too much in general. This team's going to want to kick the air out of the ball, set up the play action, give Garantano some chances to take some one-on-one shots deep. Um, and it's going to rely on the defense. And the defense has, has been stout so far. And granted, most of that has come against FC, CSU, and FBS in title, if not in talent. Uh, but what we've seen here is a team that doesn't have a lot of talent and can't afford to make mistakes because the moment they shoot themselves in the foot, you know, it was a close game last weekend against the Miners. You know, 24 nothing isn't exactly close, but it's not what fans were hoping to see. Um, and if they make the same mistakes they made against the Miners, you know, drive-killing penalties, turnovers, if they do those things, uh, they're going to have a really tough, tough go of it once they get to the SEC. Mark, a lot of times you look at, if you look at an Alabama or a Clemson, you can say this guy's a difference maker, that guy's a difference mm-hmm. maker. Does Tennessee have any difference makers? I think so. Um, I think Ty Chandler, who uh, suffered a concussion in the opener against West Virginia and then missed the game against DTSU, kind of showed that. The game-breaking ability against UTEP, he took a little pitch up the left side, well-blocked play, 81 yards in 12 seconds. Um, he's kind of the lightning of the offense. Marquez Callaway has shown the ability to make plays now and again. Um, I think those are the elite guys that you're looking at uh, offensively in terms of talent. Trey Smith, you know, isn't a isn't a skill position player, but he's probably the best player on Tennessee. Um, just tremendous came in with so many expectations really exceeded all of them as a freshman um, and was on on preseason accolades awards list all over the country coming into this year defensively uh no you know darren kirkland Jr. was a guy who looked like he could be trending upwards when he was starting as a freshman uh, here a couple years ago he's battled injuries um pretty much since then high ankle sprains towards meniscus missed all of last year um he's back and he's healthy um, and he kind of anchors the middle. Corte Sapp, Daniel Batuli are the linebackers. Um, but there's no one that you're going to look at on, on defense and say, wow, that guy can completely wreck the game plan if, if we're talking about Florida. Um, and then, you know, the guy they want to keep their eyes on offensively is going to be Ty Chandler. So, so to, you know, a long way to answer your question is yes and no. Um, there's a couple guys, no one, you know, truly elite, but guys that have certainly flashed when given the opportunity and guys I think you'll continue to see flash as Tennessee wears into conference play. Uh, and the final thought, Mark, here, even yeah. though this game has lost national luster, Tennessee hasn't won a conference game since 2016. This is still a big game to those fans, isn't it? Yeah, it's a big game everywhere. It's a big game down in Gainesville. And even though it became kind of, you know, while I was growing up and while most of these players were growing up, it was the big brother-little brother rivalry. That's what 11 years in a row does for you. There's a bit of an inferiority complex on the Tennessee end, and that's why that win here in Neyland a couple of years ago was the exercising of a decade's worth of demons. Uh, but, no, it, it's a huge game. It's the first night game. It's Jeremy Pruitt's first conference game. If that doesn't get the fan base riled up, and I'll tell you, I was in Neyland two years ago for that 
massive Tennessee comeback, um, and that was the loudest I've ever heard the stadium. So this game still means a whole lot to Knoxville. And if you add all that in, that's enough right there as it is. But then you have the 1998 national champions. It's their 20-year anniversary. And, of course, Tennessee picks this weekend to bring them back into Neyland and celebrate them and coronate them. So it's going to be a very fired-up fan base that's, you know, really eager to see what a Jeremy Pruitt coached football team looks like, you know, in its first conference game. Always appreciate your time, Mark. Good talking with you. Thanks for doing it. Steve, it's a pleasure. I uh, wish you were coming up this weekend, man, but we'll talk soon. Yep, I wish I was too, but uh, we will talk soon. Appreciate your time, bud. Sounds good. Mark Sounds Whiteman good. joining us here, W-A-T-E, up in the Knoxville area, 148. And by the way, a Gator grad, one of ours, we're proud of him. 148, time check brought to you by Hayes Prestige Jewelry, with the answer is always yes. Final segment, stay with us on Sports.